Purdue football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers hope to carry their best performance of the season into Evanston on Saturday for a date with the Wildcats. Can Purdue make it two in a row? I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Deanhart, Brian Newbert, and Alan Carpick here as well for the Golden Black Radio pregame podcast. Tom, the Boilermakers got an opportunity to make it two in a row as Purdue travels to Northwestern for a noon Eastern time kickoff on Saturday. Man, the Boilermakers, uh, Tom, played well in a lot of different ways last weekend in getting a resounding victory against Minnesota it has to give Purdue hope that it can continue to play well down the stretch yeah just what the doctor ordered right a Boilermaker team that was ailing uh, lost four in a row albeit against some pretty good competition but still four losses in a row the offense Kyle as we all know was in a real malaise there I think they hadn't scored more than 14 points since that win over Illinois on September 30th so they got well last Saturday against Minnesota, like 49 to 30. Uh, boy, that ground game, Kyle Charters, 353 yards rushing. Looked like 1995 Nebraska, 200-yard <laughs> rusher. So anytime you run the ball like that, you've been around a long time, Kyle. You know football. If you can run the ball like that, you can have a lot of success. So on the defense, I know they gave up 30 points, but they were really good for that second and third quarters in particular. I think that 30 points was a bit deceiving. So, yeah, Purdue has to be happy for uh, – uh, you know, coming out of that ball game now with uh, what a three and uh, three and seven record, a chance to get one more. Kyle, who knows, maybe finish five and seven here. Yeah, which all things considered, I don't think would be the end of the world for Purdue. Um, you know, certainly like to get to six and six, not possible now, but uh, you know, five and seven for year one, considering everything that happened this season, particularly with the injuries and particularly with the injuries where they came. I think is uh, is not a, is not a bad outcome. Speaking of injuries and and where they came, how is it that Purdue was able to figure out its offensive line last <laughs> week enough to rush for yeah. three hundred and fifty yards? I mean, that's just a heck of an improvement from the prior four weeks to what the Boilermakers did against the Golden Gophers uh, with really the same personnel. It, it was uh, yeah it was quite a jump. Yeah, probably maybe their you think would be their least least imposing offensive line configuration. I did a I did a note in a in a, in a uh, football notebook I posted today, Kyle. They've had six different combinations of starting offensive lines this year, and this one last week, Kyle, featured the fourth and fifth offensive tackles on the roster. The first and second teamers, the top two tackles are out for the year with injury, if right, Bowen Musa, and then Daniel Johnson, the number three tackle, was out as well. So. They were down to Josh Kaltenberger, who's really a guard in the center. He's not a tackle. They were down to Josh Kaltenberger and Ben Farrell, of course, the NAIA transfer. Those were your offensive tackles, Kyle. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Yeoman's duty. I don't know how they did it. You know, Minnesota's not chopped liver. So it was, it was a solid defense they went against. The interior, of course, with Hartwig and the, and the, the two transfers, Nichols, obviously, and Jalen Grant did a good job. They've been there most of the year. But, yeah, those tackles, boy, hats off to those guys for, for holding up. and. Uh, and again, I guess you got to credit the offensive line coach too, right? Marcus Johnson did a nice job getting those guys ready to go. I personally was never ready to uh, to kick Hudson Card out of the treehouse, but it was nice to see him uh, perform well last week and perform up to the level that I think a lot of people felt like he could perform. Seemed like it was a couple of things. Maybe he's a little bit healthier. Maybe he had more confidence 
and that offensive line, but you've got to give him credit too. It seemed like he yeah. was willing to step up into the pocket, did a really good job, I think, of keeping his eyes up when he was sort of scrambling around. And he, you know, he made plays within the system and out of the system. And that's sort of what we expected to see out of him this year. Uh, nice to see, has to help his confidence and has to make uh, everyone sort of feel better about the quarterback position moving forward. Oh, no doubt his best performance since probably what the Syracuse game, Kyle. That's, that was the only time this year he's thrown for over 300 yards. That was in a loss. Uh, but, yeah, I think just from 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 uh, from A to B that this last week, though, was his best effort. Um, you talked about how he moved in the pocket, how he bought time, extended plays, kept his eyes downfield. And then then the, then the runs, the quarterback draws as well. He He's good on the run and ripped off some nice gainers as well. And. And uh, yes, and the big plays too, Kyle. I I've been lamenting like a lot of people the lack of big plays from this offense all year, and they got him not just throwing it, but running it too. But the Mockaby sixty-five yard run, and Card had that long pass to to a Deion Burks, and he's waiting at the goal line, and just a lot of big plays too. And you're right, boy, Hudson Carr, you want to bottle and save that performance? He's going to have to play like that, obviously, if Purdue's going going to want to have some success here down the stretch. You mentioned the defense. I think the defense has been playing well for a while. They'll take uh, that effort into Northwestern this weekend to give up 30 points. But, look, I, I don't care about how many points you give up. When your team has a three-possession lead, that's all that matters. You're going to tend to give up some points in scenarios like that. Uh, it's been playing well, and you just hope that it continues to do so uh, against yeah. a couple of teams in Northwestern and Indiana to wrap things up. Yeah, it's funny because remember how that game started? Minnesota took the opening kickoff and went right down the field, lickety split, yeah, and took a seven nothing lead. And you go, oh, you can hear the groans. Oh no, here we go. Uh, but <laughs> the defense got things buttoned up, and more importantly, the offense got on track. And you talked about getting the lead; pretty really controlled the game from from that point on. So, yeah, you know, well, you know, we all know about Scorton and, and Kyden Jenkins, what they meant to that defense, the interior. I think doesn't get enough credit. They're kind of no-name guys, but there's six guys that can rotate in there who are big guys who can really hold up well against the run and get a little bit of a push. And they made the best of what could be, a, a, a at times, a challenging situation in the back end, right? We only know about Dylan Thieneman and Snoozy Kane and Cam Allen, but those cornerbacks, Kyle, that, that's been a real problem spot. And Marquise Brown continues to hold up. And, of course, Botros Alessandro as well. And then the young guy, Derek, Derek Rogers, the true freshman, so, yeah, it was a nice job uh, by the defense from front to back uh, against that golden gopher offense. Northwestern this weekend, this has been a Wildcat team that really has exceeded expectation. I think the expectation was really low with what happened with Pat Fitzgerald and uh, the hazing allegations during the offseason. David Braun taking over as the interim head coach. He has had that label removed this week in large part because, you know, how he has rallied this team. I don't know that the Wildcats do any one thing, you know, particularly great. I'm not sure that they're very deficient in any one thing either, but they have just been able to really, they've been able to hang in most of their games and then win half of them. It's been a pretty good effort by, uh, by Braun and company this year to keep that thing together. Been phenomenal. I mean, they were one in 11 last year. Remember they won their opener in Ireland against, against Nebraska, then lost their next 11 games. And uh, then, of course, you talked about the hazing scandal that swallowed up the program and made national headlines and cost Pat Fitzgerald his job. Most people thought this program is a dead program walking. They'll be lucky to win a game or two. And 
Like you said, Kyle, here they are at five and five with two games left, Purdue and Illinois. You got to like Northwestern's chances maybe to win one of those last two to get to six victories. And David Braun, like you said, was uh, rewarded this week by being named the full-time head coach in a much-deserved, I think, battlefield promotion. Um, he's the defensive coordinator, Kyle. He still calls the signals on defense. And like you said, this team does nothing on, on an outstanding level. Um, a typical Northwestern team, tough. Uh, they want to grind you down with the run, hit you with some play-action passes, and, and they don't like to beat themselves. You know, they usually play pretty smart and don't turn the ball over a lot. So you're going to have to take it to Northwestern. Uh, Purdue's had, had the upper hand here of late, Kyle, and uh, they're going to have to play smart, I think, to get out of Edmondson with the win. I think, Kyle, the Wildcats are now about a two-point favorite. And you've been up there to that, that stadium, Ryan Field. It can be a very sleepy atmosphere. This game's going to kick off at 11 a.m. local time. And how many people are going to be there, Kyle? What's your guess? It'll be a late arriving crowd, or they just won't show up at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many people? I don't know. How many are they averaging? There'll be, there'll be less than 20,000 there, right? Yeah, probably. You're right. And, and hopefully it won't be too cold. You know, you, you, we all know it can get chilly up there. They're not too far from the lakes. And produce, I guess my point is, I asked Ryan Walters about this Monday. Sometimes you got to bring your own juice when you play up at Northwestern, especially that those noon kicks. Because, again, it's not a real lively atmosphere. And if you come out like a zombie walking around, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah, no doubt. Let's get a weather update. We'll do that here in just a moment. We'll bring in Alan Carpet, talk to him a little bit of Big Ten football. And we'll bring in uh, Brian Newbert as well, get his perspective on the Boilermaker win last week. All that much more. This is Golden Black Radio. Hi, I'm WLFI meteorologist Eric Segbor with your game day forecast. If you're going out tailgating Saturday before the 3.30 kickoff, expect a chilly morning and chilly afternoon with lots of sunshine expected. Temperatures will rise from the upper 20s to the upper 40s. At kickoff time, expect a cool 50 degrees with sunshine. And as you head out at the close of the game, expect a chilly evening with temperatures generally in the 40s. From WLFI, this is meteorologist Eric Segbor. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. Okay, we're very pleased to be talking to Louis Vicare, longtime Northwestern scribe, been covering the Wildcats for uh, for many years. Louis, thanks for for stopping by. Uh, big game Saturday, noon Eastern time kickoff, Purdue at Northwestern. Kind of tell our listeners what to expect or what they can expect from this Northwestern offense. Yeah, I tell you what, they really surprised me on Saturday against the Badgers. You know, they they scored the first four times they had the ball, three touchdowns and a field goal, and got 24 points by the half. You know, this is a Northwestern offense that's been really grinding all year. They 
got Ben Bryant back. He looked sensational. Uh, they got a little bit of a running game going. I think the offensive line played their best game of the year and kept Bryant clean in the pocket. And, uh, yeah, it was a very encouraging performance for an offense that's, uh, you know, like I said, they've struggled to score all year. Defensively, Louie, what can Boilermaker fans expect to see from that side of the ball? Yeah, I think this is where David Braun really made the most impact as a head coach. You know, he's still the defensive coordinator. He calls the plays for the defense, and they've really been rock solid. This is a fundamentally sound defense. They play much more of the bend but don't break kind of system that uh, Mike Hankwitz ran for all those years. Uh, you know, Northwestern's best defense is under Pat Fitzgerald. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what they do. They keep everything in front of them, don't allow the big play. And they're solid. Their front seven is solid. They've got uh, two outstanding linebackers that have played a lot of football, and Bryce Gallagher and Xander Mueller, and uh, they will fly to the football. Okay, Louie, I think Northwestern's about a two-point favorite. How do you see this thing unfolding on Saturday? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Northwestern's a funny team this year. You know, they haven't won or lost two games in a row all season. So this is the schedule. You know, if they stick to the schedule, they would they would have a loss on Saturday. So we'll see if they can string together two wins for the first time all year. You know, and they, and they won away from home for the first time last week too at, in Madison. Um, but I think right now with Bryant at the quarterback. And, and if the offense can get some kind of, uh, you know, decent rhythm going and just move the chains semi-regularly and keep the defense off the field a little bit, I would give Northwestern the edge. I think it's going to be a, a tight game, as always. It'll be low scoring. It's your typical, you know, Big Ten West tug of war is what I think it'll be. And, I, you know, the team that makes the fewest mistakes will probably win I'd say Northwestern by a field goal is probably my hunch right now. Oh, that'll be good, Louie. Appreciate you dropping some knowledge on us, and I look forward to seeing you Saturday as always. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. 
Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Golden Black Radio pregame show, the most in-depth guide to Saturday's game you'll find, featuring the staff of Golden Black. Let's bring in Brian Newbert to get his perspective on the Boilermakers. Uh, Brian, maybe not a surprise that Purdue won the game last week against uh, Minnesota. Certainly, uh, many of us thought Purdue would have a chance. Some of us predicted that Purdue would win. But the fashion in which uh, Purdue won the game, I don't think many of us saw coming. Certainly, nice to see it all come together for Purdue at the same time. And a little bit of signs of life uh, here as we get toward the end of this season for this Purdue program. Yeah, it looked like a different team. Um, you know, the offensive line is held together with uh, yarn and Elmer's glue and all that stuff. And, you know, they played their best game of the season, if you ask me. Uh, that obviously put Hudson Card in more position to succeed. And I think you saw the best of him. And I thought for all the legitimate criticisms, some of which have been communicated here about Purdue's offensive game planning this year, I think they did their best, most self-aware job of the year last week crafting offense to cover up the offensive line to get the running game going to get Hudson card outside the pocket a little bit to give him some some kind of baked in security there and uh it paid off but um yeah as you said I don't think it was a surprise Purdue beat Minnesota but just as emphatically as they beat Minnesota was something that was obviously an eye-opener yeah, I got to give Purdue credit and the offensive staff. We saw Ben Fortney out there too, uh, a fullback, which we hadn't seen a whole lot of a, a fullback yeah. for Purdue and, you know, probably an effort, especially on the short yardage, to try to pick that up, maybe to, to give Hudson Card a little bit extra protection at times as well. So, so yes, uh, Graham Harrell seemed, uh, you know, to, to fashion a game plan that worked against, um, you know, that defense. And, you know, Minnesota's defense wasn't all that bad. Uh, Purdue just did some things to really – help guys out which uh you know something that, that that we wanted to see i mean now you just sort of have to validate it a little bit right by going out there and playing uh well again against two opponents in northwestern indiana these last two weeks that have you sort of said sort of your peers here teams that you feel like you, you should go out there and beat um and that would be a you know well not what everybody sort of hoped for at least if you could get to five and seven this year with everything that's happened with a new staff, with all the injuries, with the injuries at the key spot, key spots, uh, I, I think probably you should take that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's the best you can do at this point. You obviously want to do the best you can do. So if, if you finish five and seven, I mean, I, I don't know if there's some, I, I don't know if five and seven might get, you know, bowl game for all we know. Um, yeah. but I think that, uh, you know, you kind of have to look at how it happened and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I also think we're on the verge of an era here where people are going to have to recalibrate their definition of success because in this new Big Ten and with some of these schedules Purdue's going to have, you know, there are going to be some situations around the whole league where if you win five games, that's a pretty damn good season. That This is not one of those seasons because the Big Ten West is atrocious. Yeah. Um, but if you finish strong, you know, you can credibly say, hey, we got better from week one to week 12, whatever it is. And uh, ultimately, that's the goal. We showed some glimpses. You hold on to the glimpses and you um, try to build on those. And um, this really was, in hindsight, more of a, a 
setting the foundation type of year. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, kind of the way Purdue responded at Virginia Tech, the way they beat Illinois, the way they beat Minnesota, we'll kind of see what happens from here. It, it, it's not hard to figure out what held Purdue back this year. When you look at the when you look at the offensive line, when you look at all the injuries, when you look at the distinct lack of playmakers on offense, you know this was not a situation that was really. And I'm not saying this to excuse any of what happened, but I'm just explaining, you know, to right. people who might not, you know, kind of grasp this that this really wasn't all that set up for success. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of quality personnel inherited yet you had to go to the portal to try to revamp your team as everyone's going to do every offseason but especially new coaches and when you look at what you got out of that group you know two of those guys have played a snap um you know two of the guys you were going to count the most on haven't played a snap yeah and uh you just haven't gotten that transformational element outside quarterback and obviously hudson cards season has been up and down but a lot's gone into that too. As I mentioned before, you know, I don't think he's been set up to succeed uh, very often, whether it's because of the offensive line issues, whether it's the lack of playmakers, whether it's been the play calling and offensive design, things like, things like that. But I think that, um, you know, the Minnesota game was a step in the right direction, something to build on. So um, anything you can take from this season to build on uh, preferably in victory um, is, is worthwhile. Thanks, Brian. Yep. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. This is Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Carpick to get a Big Ten Roundup. Talk five games that are going on around the league. Let's start at Maryland. Noon kickoff on Saturday. The Terps, which finally got a victory last week against Nebraska in a pretty ugly game in Lincoln, are six and four, three and four in the Big Ten. Finally snapped that four-game losing streak. Michigan, the third-ranked team in the country, is 10-0, 7-0 in conference play. They are a road 19-point favorite, and they will again play without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. He is suspended and now accepts that suspension, I guess. Michigan was like, eh, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you stop the investigation? We would like it maybe if you don't dig. Don't dig too deep. Yeah, because there may be more. Who there knows? More. We we need to let's let's just go ahead and do this. Let's take the medicine, as they say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, Maryland is scary. I guess if this game was earlier in the season, maybe uh, I'd be a little bit more concerned if I was Michigan. But man, the, the Terps have just sort of floundered until getting that victory uh, last week, which I, I suppose was a, a nice road win. Well, they, in the passing game, I mean, they have not been great. They had only 86 yards passing last week, and they've got to do that and or something to move the football. And Tolu has not been – I don't know if, if he's not been as sharp, what, or they just can't get the ball downfield. I just – 
think that Michigan's too strong for Maryland. I think Maryland could make it a game if they could get the offense cranked up, but they haven't been able to do that lately. And uh, it's there. They've got their bowl, and that's that's good for Maryland. But that's about as far as they're going to get. I think at least in this game, it's going to be Michigan by a lot. Penn State is a near three touchdown favorite against Rutgers at noon on Saturday in Happy Valley. The Nittany Lions ranked twelfth in the country, eight and two overall, five and two in the Big Ten. Rutgers is six and four, three and four. Penn State can't beat the big boys. Uh, they can beat teams like Rutgers, however, so they probably will beat the Scarlet Knights. But again, Penn State just uh, they can't beat the they can't beat the top of the top. It's just the story. Yeah, the yeah story but in, yeah, out. and I think their their fan base is probably you know obviously uh, James Franklin makes the change. It's offensive coordinator. I don't know what that. I, what apparently he thought it solved something, and they and now they're left to live with themselves, and that's the hard thing because they they're not going to get what they want for another year. Um, they'll go to a good bowl game and and compete in that. They could still certainly have a uh, they should have a an eleven ten win season at least by the time they're done. But yes, if they did they accomplish job number one, no. Uh, and they really Ohio State and Michigan pretty much had their way. Now Ohio, you know Ohio State uh, they kept enough distance that it was, either one of those games was all that close. Another noon game in Bloomington. Indiana and Michigan State are playing. That'll be exciting. Uh, both teams are three and seven, one and six at league play. Indiana is a slight favorite, three and a half points. I mean, I guess if you look for a little bit of a silver lining here for Indiana, uh, it has played better the last couple of weeks. They'll really needed uh, to get a victory last week against Illinois. The Hoosiers just aren't really playing defense anymore, which is sort of uh, surprising. I mean, it was the yeah. offense that was missing early in the season. The defense was sort of holding things together. That has flipped here the last couple of weeks. Just a weird season for for IU, and an even weirder one for the Spartans. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, who who who? <laughs> this is just an impossible one to pick. I know Indiana is a four point favorite. Uh, I get that, or whatever that line is. But uh, Michigan State not very good. They can do some things defensively to cause some problems that they can't score. Indiana has at times been able to score. Um, that part of it, uh, you know, Brennan Sorsby has done a, done some good things at quarterback, but it's like two teams that are, again, like a lot of teams in, in outside of the big, the big two are kind of sliding into the end of the season. Illinois and uh, Iowa in a game at three thirty. At Kinnick Stadium, the Hawkeyes ranked 16th in the country, eight and two, five and two in the Big Ten. The Hawkeyes with a chance to have a 10-win uh, regular season. Illinois is five and five, <laughs> three and four in conference play. Iowa again here every week. Just just mark this down, Al. Every week, Iowa is favored by three points, and the over/under is somewhere around 30. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in this, yeah. this case, 30.5. Yeah, or 31, 31 and okay. a half. Uh, Man, what a weird, what a weird season for for the Hawkeyes. I mean, you, you've got to give Iowa credit for playing defense and special teams and winning football games. That is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do when your offense is largely incompetent. To be able to still play defense that well, play special teams that well, and win football games. But uh, as much as I want to just make fun of Iowa, uh, you, you do have to give them credit for those things. And Iowa's eight and two. Yeah, there's no doubt. The, the, their, and they, their magic number is one. All they got to do is, uh, you know, they don't want to lose this week, but uh, 
I suppose they could lose to Nebraska. If they lose this week, they would lose the tiebreaker, I believe, to Illinois uh, to to go to the go to the uh, Big Ten championship. Do you really want to go to the Big Ten championship? I don't know. I think you do <laughs> if you're Iowa. Uh, they like to travel, but uh, it is a team that is just. I mean, they got it ramped up last week. Uh, ramped up for them, twenty two points and yeah. a shutout. Extremely impressive how they're doing it. And I think that that's uh, that is certainly a, something that you just you can't minimize, and you you want to minimize it, but you can't. And uh, they have done the job. Yes, Deacon Hill is just not very good, but he gets the job done. And and again, you know, and their, their corner Cooper DeJean is going to be out or might be out. So that that sometimes that's half their offense, it seems. But again, I see them getting through this game. I I think at home, even though that line is surprising, it's only three points. How much money would I made this year not to advocate for gambling had I just put $100 on the under every week for Iowa? Like, really? They, they, yep. I mean, 22 to nothing. They they scored 22, but they still hit the under. And the under, was like, the under was like 28 and a half last week. Yeah, it's it's stunning. But, uh, you know, Purdue breaks out with a 49-point effort after kind of playing the under 20-point football or not kind of. They did play twenty under 20-point football. For, for four weeks or whatever that was. But, yeah, I don't see them with a, with a huge breakout, but I do see them getting the job done. We'll skip by the Ohio State-Minnesota game. The second-ranked Buckeyes, a big favorite, nearly 28 points against the Golden Gophers. Let's focus on the primetime game in Madison. Wisconsin's 5-5, five 3-4. and five, three and four. So is uh, Nebraska. Both of these teams fighting for bowl eligibility. One of them will become so. Wisconsin's favored by 5.5 points. Uh, and this one on Saturday night, uh, you know, for the Badgers, you know, especially after last week, you got to say one of the more disappointing teams, I think, in the Big Ten West this year. Um, and, you know, Brad, Nebraska has had its moments, unfortunately, uh, hasn't had its moments here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And again, the Nebraska, I suppose, could get the treasure of getting to, to Indianapolis, too, if they would win its last two games. But uh, yeah, it's a hard to figure out. I just can't imagine the scenario when Northwestern goes up and scores 24 points on Wisconsin in the first half. That's just hard to hard to imagine. But without Braylon Allen, they, you know, they just they're not good anywhere. Uh, they're really struggling offensively and uh, defensively, at least in the first half of that game last week, they were challenged and that is uh, not the Wisconsin that we've been used to. And I think Luke Fickle, we all thought was going to be a home run. And he probably, he has a chance to be there. It's just that uh, year one has not gone as planned. That's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's go back in time with a historical look. Here's Alan Karthik. All right, Alan, let's take a historical view at Purdue and Northwestern, particularly games up there in Evanston at Ryan Field. You know, this will be the, the 25th year anniversary of the Drew Brees performance on that field, six touchdowns back in 1998. Right. And a 56 to 21 win. It wasn't a surprising um, outcome necessarily, but uh, when you throw for six touchdowns in a game that uh, uh, it, it, it certainly makes a makes a uh, memorable time up there in a place that isn't really all that memorable. Uh, yes, maybe the, mo the most memorable thing was when Michigan lost to Northwestern in 2000 and helped Purdue get to the Rose Bowl. Didn't get them there, but it, it certainly helped them. And that part of it was a 
situation uh, that you do remember about, but uh, uh, not not all that many memorable games because Northwestern, for the most part, especially going back a long time, hasn't been all that memorable of a program. You know, one that you remember for maybe all the wrong reasons, unfortunately, was back in 2004, Kyle Orton playing hurt. That was, of course, after a couple of weeks after the the one game where the one thing happened. Yeah, um, that one thing. No, <laughs> the, the, the one game with the one thing that happened. And then Purdue lost the next week to Michigan in a close game. And then uh, Purdue goes up there to Evanston, Kyle Orton playing hurt. Brandon Kirsch had to play a little bit in that game, but sort of the the wheels were coming off a little bit at that point for the Boilermakers uh, that season. In extremely windy conditions. I don't know, were you up there? I think, uh, but uh, it was, it was that way. And, and yes, uh, Purdue just, and uh, no way Northwestern was going to score on that last drive against Purdue, but they did, they beat Purdue and uh, put a very disappointing uh, series of, of games uh, under when Purdue was ranked number five, just three weeks ago when that thing happened. Last time Purdue played uh, in Evanston, 2019, Aiden O'Connell made his uh, first start for the Boilermakers. He will make uh, his fourth start in the NFL for the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, this weekend. Um, man, it's a, it's wild to look back on that. We knew Aiden O'Connell had some talent. And it turned out that he uh, he did. He had enough talent to make it all the way to the NFL. It's It's a pretty memorable one, certainly. It certainly was. He he had a decent day, a good day, 34 for 50 through two picks, but had two touchdowns and uh, just got the job done. We said, and we kind of watched this guy said, man, he can throw this thing. He's accurate. And uh, uh, all of a sudden uh, he was uh, in the starting role. And though he did lose his starting job in 21, when did, after that, but uh, yeah. he got it back and did a, did an amazing job from that standpoint. And yes, uh, Purdue wins that game. J.D. Dellinger kicks a, not a near walk-off field goal, three seconds to go, 39-yarder, 24-22 win for Purdue, uh, and made Jeff Brown feel a little bit better in a season that Purdue finished 4-8. Uh, and eight. Yeah, he won the starting job for 2020, which was actually against Northwestern in, in that COVID year, right? The, the opener, right. the third, short year. Well, Iowa, first. they played they played Iowa first, remember? And they beat Iowa with uh, Brian Brom. Yeah. Uh, and, but they did yeah, play Northwestern. Right. And Northwestern yeah. beat them um, uh, yeah. on that field. But, yeah. So, Northwestern's met, met a lot to Aiden O'Connell. And Aiden O'Connell is uh, doing a lot right now in the NFL. It's a great story. That's a historical view of Purdue and Northwestern. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more. This is Golden Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. 
Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Tom, let's talk some matchups for the game uh, on Saturday, Purdue against Northwestern. Uh, I know this. A good formula for winning football games is running for 300 plus yards. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, those two running backs, uh, Devin Mockaby and Tyrone Tracy Jr., have been really good all season long. It was nice to see them uh, be good in the same game last week against the Golden Gophers, not put the ball on the turf, which yeah. was excellent. But man, both, both those guys have the ability uh, to get difficult yardage, but also have the ability to you know, take it to the house too. They've been a pretty fun duo to watch this year, to say the least. Yeah, a lot of fun. Sort of, uh, you were covering the team in 2017, Jeff Rom's first year. They started more Markel Jones and, and DJ Knox and Richie Worship and and uh, Tario Fuller. A pretty nice collection of running backs. These guys are better, I think. But um, yeah, just a nice tandem that they work well together. Uh, the big plays you talked about, uh, I think. I think Mockaby's got a little bit more moxie to him and elusiveness and cutting ability where Tracy's going to be a little bit more physical, but both very effective. And sometimes they're used in tandem. And Kyle, you know, I'll tell you a real underrated aspect about those two is, is their ability to catch the ball too. Uh, I think maybe sometimes that's even underutilized, to be honest with you. They're, they're the best players as far as playmakers going that offense. They got to be featured, right? Um, we haven't seen a lot from anybody catching the ball this year. We've just seen spurts from guys like Deion Burks and TJ Sheffield. But, again, it's all about Mockaby and Tracy. And, Kyle, one other point from last week, too, that shouldn't be overlooked. We haven't mentioned a word about Garrett Miller. Um, he had one of his better games of the year. He, he's, he just really has never really gotten dialed in this year, coming off that knee injury. I think he's been tentative. Um, but he looked more like his old self last week. And, boy, they could really use number 88 playing well down the stretch here for sure. Purdue defensively is going to try to get after the quarterbacks of, of the Wildcats. What do you think Purdue's got to do to, to slow down uh, an offense that's, you know, it's for Northwestern, it's able to put up some points, not doing anything super flashy. Um, but Purdue's got to be able to find a way to slow them down too. Yeah, Kyle, they're coming off a win in Madison, buddy. I mean, they dominated that game yeah. pretty much start to finish. We all know Purdue's issues with beating the Badgers. It hasn't happened since I had a full head of hair. That was a long time ago. So <laughs> you're right. I, th- I think I think with like, like Northwestern's not dynamic. I think you always want to try to make their quarterback beat you. They haven't had a quarterback since Clayton Thorson. So I think you got to you got to put that extra man in the box. You know, sneak Snoozy Kane down in the box and, and and try to slow down their run and make them throw the ball to try to beat you. I think always and. And see if they can block Kyden Jenkins and, and then Nick Scorton, right? Those two guys can be wreckers. They can be game plan wreckers. And they're going to have to be, I think, if Purdue wants to win. Give me a prediction, Tom. I'm, I'm, I'm going boilers, I guess. 27-26 is going to be close one, I think, my friend. And last time they played in Ryan Field was actually 2019. 
a walk-on quarterback named Aiden O'Connell in his first ever start, Kyle Charters. And Purdue won the game on a last-second field goal by J.D. Dellinger. I think we could see a similar scenario this week where, where Ben Frio kicks, makes one late to win the game for the Boilers. Yeah, I've got the same outcome as you. I've, I've got Purdue winning 27-21. to 21. I think it's a close game. Purdue has a little bit more offensively, especially from what we saw last week. If they can get the running game going like that, and if Hudson Card can play an efficient football game, uh, then I think the Boilermakers can go up there and get a uh, victory against Northwestern and, you know, pick up two in a row. Not a bad way to try to end the season with a little bit of momentum. Sounds good. Thank you, Tom. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for Tom Deanhart, Brian Newbert, and Alan Krupik. I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold Black Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.